Hello, Woodlane community. This is Pastor Brian, and you are listening to the Woodlane Worship Podcast, episode 033. If you are listening to this, you are an honorary member of our community where we seek to bring the presence of Christ to those around us. On this week's episode, sometimes we just have one of those days. You know from the moment your feet hit the floor that the day is going to be an uphill climb, and there's little you can do about it. Or is there? Are there still choices you have that can impact your joy? Do you still have some control? Even when it seems like life is flying at you from all directions? But perhaps you do. Let's find out more. Some days just feel like they're going to be one of those days, amen? Where it's like there are big things on the horizon, we know it, but they're not necessarily good things. Things that we would anticipate, things we would look forward to. Maybe your job is on the line because the company is reorganizing. Or maybe you're waiting for a call from a doctor on a diagnosis and it kind of stresses you out a little bit. These kinds of feelings can get amplified when we feel like we don't have any control over them. Like we are just, things are happening to us rather than us having some means to to be a part of it. So how we're going to experience joy in the midst of something like that On days like that, that's going to be a bit of a challenge today, isn't it? But as you've been building up with it over these last couple of weeks, checking out this book that is the joy book, Philippians, over the last three weeks, I think as we break into the finale, I think we can do it. Let's pray together. God, help us to choose joy in our lives, whatever it is that may be going on around us. Help us to choose you. Amen. Well, the passage for this morning, he said, as we've been going through this book, comes out of the final chapter, chapter 4 of Philippians, verses 2 through 9. Paul says, I urge Yodia and Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you also, my loyal companion, help these women, for they have struggled beside me in the work of the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. As I say, welcome to the finale of our More Than Happy series. And I would call it the conclusion, but that doesn't quite sound right. Even, even though we are in the last week, we are in the final chapter, the whole book has been a build-up, really, to this chapter. Because Paul's going to swing for the fences. More joy, more calls for rejoicing, for experiencing joy, than he does at any other point in even this book that is called the Joy Book. But he calls the Philippians to experience joy in a bit of a unique situation here. This context where the church is experiencing disunity 
Or, let's just put it into human terms, the Christians are fighting. All right, there, there's these two mature women, Yodia and Syntyche, who they're going at it for whatever reason. We don't know what it is that they're fighting about. If Paul needed us to know, he probably would have told us. So just take it as there's some anxiety in the church. There's some infighting going on. I'm sure you can imagine some of the emotions then that this community is experiencing as they're going through this. Imagine a context where you count how many days one person in a household chooses the couch over the bed. Maybe if you are shopping for your dinner in Wegmans and you start going down one aisle and you see somebody at the other end and you go, hmm, maybe I'm not going to have soup today. I think I'll just skirt my way down the next aisle and come up with something else. This is just some of the emotions that might be going on. If I could sum them all up into one word, I would probably choose anxiety, maybe worry. Same kind of field of emotions. Our emotions that do the same kind of thing in our body. Whether we're getting ready to go into a fight, whether we're running for our lives, whether we're in the middle of an argument or a stressful situation, none of these are good. None of these are things we would consider happy feelings going on inside of us, much less joyful. What's the answer to these kind of situations that we all have some version of them? Something that can get us to feel anxious, to feel worry, maybe fear or distress? Well, the solution, Paul says, is a choice. Now, wait a second here, Brian. You just said five minutes ago that one of the things that makes these situations even worse, more amped up, is the fact that we are out of control. We don't have any choice. These things are happening to us. And now you're going to say that the solution is we have a choice? We have some control? Yes, I am. And how you choose, what you choose, is going to determine whether... Anxiety wins the day, or whether the peace of God wins the day. Now, hear what I'm not saying here. I'm not talking power of positive thinking kind of stuff here, okay? This is not, this is not happening, this is not happening, this is not happening, trying to, you know, will ourselves into some fantasy land where the day doesn't just plain stink. If you're waiting for a call from a doctor, odds are your day just stinks, Okay, If you wake up in the morning and you look at the to-do list and one of the items on there is call the funeral home, there's no two ways about it. You're just in a stinky situation. Okay, There is no amount of, there are no bars, there are no bars, there are no bars, kind of mantra that was going to make Paul a free man out of his prison cell as he's writing this letter. But if I can use an illustration out of poker, you may get dealt a really cruddy hand. You have no control over that. You have no control over which cards come in your hand. You do have control over how you play them. We don't control the situation. We control the reaction. So Paul gives us a couple of choices about how we are going to react when we're in a stinky situation. Starts off with verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. If you didn't hear me the first time, I'll say it a third time. Rejoice. Now, Paul understands the concept of a cruddy situation. 
He's in shackles awaiting his own death. I think he's having himself a no good, very bad day. So why is he going to do to open this up to say, rejoice, here is your first option. Well, here's why. If we have a choice, then we have options. Because we have to choose between one thing or another. And so, to illustrate this, I will journey down my nice green road here. And I reach me a crossroad. Am I going to choose the black path? Or am I going to choose the red path? In Paul's setting, am I going to choose to rejoice? Or an opposite reaction might be to complain. Which one of those two am I going to choose? Now, let's say... Just on a whim, I'm going to choose the red path here. Here's the thing I want you to note about this. I'm on the red path right now. I chose to go on the red path. That means I am very specifically, very distinctly not on the black path. It is one or the other. I can't be on both at the same time. In Paul's setting, I have the choice to rejoice or the choice to complain. I cannot do both at the same time. So which choice would be better? Well, I'll give you a little bit of a hint. Complaining makes any cruddy situation a hundred times worse. I know this just as much from experience as I do from a textbook, believe me. Even if the only thing we have to rejoice in is the fact that Jesus loved us to death, gave himself for us, That's something that does not change regardless of what kind of circumstances we're going through. Regardless of how cruddy our situation may be. Even if that is all we have to rejoice in, we can rejoice in that. We can choose rejoicing in that. Choice two that Paul gives us. Out of verse five. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Now, we can really take any of the fruit of the Spirit that Paul names in Galatians 5, any of the other eight that are listed, and drop it into this verse, and it'll make just as much sense and fit just as well. Let your love be known to everyone. Let your peace be known to everyone. Let your self-control be known to everyone. Now, what might there be if we are kind of back at our crossroads here? If I have an option to choose gentleness, maybe on the other side I have bitterness. Let's take that. And again, if I choose gentleness, if I choose the red path, I very specifically am not choosing bitterness. I can't do both at the same time. Here's the thing, the kind of twist that Paul puts onto this encouragement. He says, let your gentleness be known to everyone. Because how you respond in a stressful, anxiety-filled situation, that tells people about your faith. If you can respond with gentleness, with grace, with love, with joy, again, take any of those fruit of the Spirit that Paul names and drop it in, that demonstrates for people what a mature faith looks like. If, on the other hand, you get yourself into a stressful situation or or a stressful situation finds you, and your response is bitterness, worry, despair, anxiety, true or not, What kind of story does that tell other people about your faith? It shows maybe a faith that is not as mature as what you would want to be able to project. 
And the cool thing about it is, sometimes you'll have a situation where you are just, you're in a stressful situation, and you respond well with gentleness, love, joy, peace. And people will notice and actually say, how are you doing that? You're in the midst of turmoil, and yet you have calm about you. People are coming at you from every direction and even inventing directions to come after you. And yet you respond with gentleness and peace. How are you doing that? And it gives you a wide open opportunity to share what the joy of knowing Jesus is like. Sometimes God will give us those opportunities on a silver platter. Sometimes God will cloak them in a stinky, cruddy, no good, very bad day. Another choice that Paul gives us out of verse 6. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, whenever we're in an anxiety-filled situation, prayer is always a great thing, no doubt. But Paul puts a bit of a caveat on it. The one I want to focus on is prayer with thanksgiving. Because again, we've got a choice. We're at a crossroad when we hit those kinds of situations. Can I choose praying with thanksgiving? We're on one path. Or can I pray out of worry and despair and fear and anger? Whatever the context may put you into. But it's one or the other. It's an either or situation or proposition. If we're praying with thanksgiving, even if we have to stretch ourselves to what we're thankful for, we cannot pray out of despair and worry and anxiety at the same time. It's a paradox. We can't hold those two things in our head at the same time. Now let's drop it into the context that Paul is talking about here, where he's talking about people going at it, people fighting. Because it doesn't take a whole lot of life experience to learn what that sort of feeling is like or what that sort of situation is like. An equivalent might be choosing to pray for the person as one option or choosing to pray, God, bring down the lightning and, oh, if you wouldn't mind, drop it right on their noggin, please. Twice if it's Sunday. Those are options. And maybe some of the Philippians and maybe Yodia and Syntyche are having to wrangle with those options. Which one are they going to choose? But all textbooks and all commentaries aside, whenever I've been in conflict with somebody and I've prayed about it, overwhelmingly, the answered prayers that I get are prayers about God change me rather than prayers about God change the other person. Last option that Paul gives us, last choice that Paul gives us out of verse 8. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, pure, pleasing, commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. The choice becomes, what are you going to fill your mind with? Are you going to allow your mind in this stinky situation to be filled and overwhelmed and sit in despair and fear and anxiety and worry? Or are you going to choose to think about to fill your mind with things that are honorable, good, pure, right, beautiful. It's an either-or 
situation. Your mind cannot put both of those things in there at the same time. I cannot be on the red path and the black path at the same time. So you can either choose, fill your mind with all those things that many of us maybe default to, worry, despair, fear, bitterness, or you can fill your mind with Paul's list. It doesn't take an advanced degree to know which one is going to allow you to experience more joy in your life. So how do I know that this is the kind of stuff that can help us to experience joy? That this isn't some kind of, of psycho-babble, mumbo-jumbo sort of thing? Because it's an honest question. You know, am I just making this stuff up, or is there really something to this when the rubber hits the road? I'll take this in two steps. The first step is a question. Whatever situation you can think of, is God bigger than that situation? Worst thing you've ever experienced, worst thing your mind can... Like Stephen King himself cannot come up with something this bad. Let me answer you a truth here. God is bigger than that situation. And that is a truth that does not change. And this book is filled cover to cover with stories of real serious, real cruddy situations. And God is bigger than every single one of them. Step two. Let's kind of go back through the list of choices that Paul has given us and walk through it in that context. The choice to rejoice in the Lord, a gift from a God who is bigger than your situation. Gentleness. Joy, love, peace, the fruit of the Spirit. A gift from a God who is bigger than your situation. Prayer, things to be thankful for. All gifts from a God who is bigger than your situation. Anything that is worthy of praise. Anything that is right, honorable, pure, loving, good. Gifts of a God who is bigger than your situation. Are you starting to see this theme developing in this golden thread sort of running through these options that Paul is giving us. Not only is God bigger than your situation, but his gifts are bigger than your situation as well. And so the next time, whether it be leaving this parking lot today, whether it be next week, next month, next year, whenever, that you run into some situation that just plain stinks. And they happen. Again, we have no control over what happened, the situation. We have a control over the reaction to it. Whenever you get that and you start to feel that worry come back up, you know what what those feelings are like, I'm sure. I want to give you this prayer to start off with. Jesus, thank you. Help me. You can expand on the wording all that you want, but I try and take a summary of the options that Paul has given us here. And what it does is that at least when we start to feel those things bubble up inside of us, it defaults us to choosing the things that will give us joy. It puts us on one path that can lead to joy, that can lead to hope, rather than the other path that leads to nowhere good. It starts leading us to joy. Because joy is really one of those building blocks of the abundant life that Jesus Christ himself came to give us. So let's take it for all that it's worth. Thanks again for listening to the Woodland Worship Podcast. I hope we've given you something to make you think. If you'd like some more information about our community, check us out at woodlanechurch.org 
or visit our Facebook page at Woodlane Newark. If you happen to be in the Finger Lakes area, come check us out live on a Sunday morning at 9.45 a.m. On next week's episode, we start off a new worship series called Wise Up. We'll hang out in the book of Proverbs to see what God has to say for those situations that can put us at a crossroad. We'll kick it off by seeing how important wisdom is in our lives and how to get our lives in line with it. So find out more next week on the Woodlane Worship Podcast.